milk check. Welcome everyone to an episode of RX Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Richard Waith, and I'm here with Aaron Stutzman. Correct. Uh, which I am super excited to talk to about what he has going on because um, it's probably going to be the most unique uh, experience you might have heard in terms of pharmacy. So um, Aaron, thank you for uh, agreeing to be on the show. Yes, thank you, Richard, for having me on. It's been uh, it's been a couple days um, since we've been uh, since we've met here at the event and. Uh, um, which is cool. We're at the um, ASAP uh, annual conference uh, in, where are we? This is Ka Kauai Island. That's yep, where it is. South Carolina. Ka Kiowa Island. I don't know how to pronounce this place, but um, it's beautiful. We're enjoying a, uh, we're sitting in the lobby of a hotel and enjoying the water view that this place has to offer. Um, but you are, you're a pharmacist um, working in a veterinary pharmacy, and which is what we want to get into. Um, but before we dive in there, uh, tell the listeners just first, tell me like a little bit about yourself. Okay. Yes, my name is uh, again Aaron Stutzman. Um, I'm from Geneva, Nebraska, a small town in Nebraska, born and raised in Nebraska. I graduated from the University of Nebraska Medical Center with a doctor of pharmacy mm -hmm. in 2006. Yeah. Um, I then, right out of school, I worked as a retail pharmacist for a couple years, um, both as a float pharmacist. And then I accepted a job as a pharmacy manager at one of the bigger chains. Um, did that for about a year, and I got uh, into vet pharmacy in 2008. Mm -hmm. um, I took a, took a pharmacy manager position at a vet pharmacy that was nearby. Um, it's an online, it was an online mail order pharmacy similar to, to the environment I'm in right now. Yeah. Um, and I was at that pharmacy until 2015. What got you into what got you like why did you even decide to take that position like were, were you were you always interested in veterinary medicine or vet pharmacy or how did that even come about um i really wasn't um you know and honestly i didn't know anything about it when i first accepted the position um you know the biggest things that drew me to it um, it was a monday through friday mm -hmm. um, no weekends no holidays um it was a it was something different um so I, I thought it would it'd be nice to have kind of a niche, um, get something on my resume that'd be a little different than yeah. what everybody else has done. Um, also, just the, uh, just the pace of the work. It wasn't, mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't, it's not as much in your face. It was more kind of laid back. You got your work to do for the yeah, day, but yeah. it's not, not as much in your face. So those were the biggest um, things that drew me to it originally. Yeah, that's so interesting. So I, I'm, I'm glad that I learned a little bit about your history because... Um, I feel like, uh, I was making sure that's still recording, uh, I feel like you're going to give us some really cool insight as to like what the differences are, like in terms of like what it was like working in a community pharmacy versus what it was like working like for like a vet pharmacy. So, yes. Yep. Uh, but for, like tell us now, what's your day to day like? Like what is the day to day like when you walk into a pharmacy? Um, what does that look like? Well, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's, I'm the pharmacy manager, so I, I typically... Basically, I walk in and check emails originally. Uh -huh. um, I, I still do quite a bit of um, pharmacist or the verification mm -hmm. process, the, yeah. um, just because we're a fairly small organization. Mm -hmm. um, I do, you know, I, I do a lot of licensing maintenance work as well. Oh, okay. um, we're licensed in 
49 of the 50 states as a mm -hmm. pharmacy, um, nice, and nice. I'm, I oversee all of that, mm -hmm. um, all the maintenance of those and all the regulatory, keeping up on that side of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also manage the pharmacy team, so um, just in the, keeping schedules and, and all of yeah. that type of thing. So it sounds like you know your, your main role is, is very similar to general, uh, like a general pharmacy would be. Um, but what are what are like the because you said it's it's only male right the pharmacy that you particularly work with or do you actually have patients also walking up until uh, it's primarily male okay. um, there's some walk in yeah but it's primarily male okay and then how do people hear about like a like when when a when a um, patient goes to the vet and they get a prescription how do they, what do they usually do with that prescription like what is that like for them well it's uh, a, Sometimes they get a prescription, sometimes they do not. Um, a lot of times how they find us mm -hmm. is, um, you know, they're, it usually ends up they've ordered this medication or they've received it directly from their vet, their vet has dispensed it. Um, a lot of it's chronic medications or mm -hmm. preventative types. Mm -hmm. um, they'll, they'll often go online, the, the word's kind of getting out there that there are um, less expensive alternatives to, to ordering directly from the vet. Gotcha, gotcha. So what they do typically is go online, um, do a search on their medication that they have mm -hmm. um, or they need a prescription for. Um, they find it and then we're, we do a lot of advertising online gotcha. so they can see. Okay. Um, what they typically do then is if they have the written prescription, they can mail that to us. If they mm -hmm. don't, um, we can contact their vet directly. Mm -hmm. um, we can by phone or by fax just to get that approval from the veterinarian. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the same thing applies where the farm, the, the uh it's the same thing, like the the doctor can just kind of confirm the prescription with you, like they can call it in and, and like verbally give it to you or like all those same kind of laws apply? Yes, yes. Okay. All the, I mean, the, as far as a veterinary pharmacy, we're licensed as a, just as a normal pharmacy. Mm -hmm. um, so all the regulations as far as how a prescription's handled, um, how it's verified and approved, those all apply to us. So, okay, so, so, the all, same rules. so all the same regulatory yes. yep. um, things that you have to follow. Uh, what are your thoughts on, um, uh, you know, I do want to go into specific and real specific differences, but just from a general perspective, what are your thoughts on like veterinary pharmacy as a whole? Is it something that's a growing industry? Is it something that's a shrinking industry? Um, what, are, what are your thoughts there? Um, you know, I, I think I could probably sum it up in one phrase. Um, just kind of hold on, hold on for the ride. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's growing a lot. There's a ton of changes coming down the mm -hmm. pipeline. Uh, there's some really big companies getting mm -hmm. involved in it. Um, it. I think it was 2015, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, published a report about kind of about the industry and um, pet meds and are, if a, if a customer or a client of the veterinarian wants to order medications from somewhere other than the veterinarian, are they able to do that? Mm -hmm. um, once that report came out, it seemed like a lot of big big players in, in, um, not in the pet industry and also the pharmacy industry kind of took notice of that yeah, um, yeah. and started to get involved. So we're getting some really big names, both uh, pet supply companies as well as um, just pharmacy groups getting involved in mm -hmm. it. Um, but I, I think there's, it's definitely a growing field. Yeah, but like I yeah. said, quickly changing, yeah. similar to human pharmacy. Yeah. Is there, like a, is there a lot of regulations that are coming out around it? Like where you have to like follow and keep track of, like where it particularly relates to animals? Um, it's more just keeping track of the regulations that come out just in general. Okay. Um, and then how we um, 
how that works within the veterinary field. Mm -hmm. I mean, the biggest difference as far as um, a prescription, we we have to track um, the species is very important. Hmm. Okay, um, that's interesting. <coughs> well, with but, humans, uh, it's usually just a human. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. So um, we always have to keep track of the, sp the species, and that has to be on the prescription. It has to be on the prescription label. Uh, but as far as regulation tracking, it's it's basically just tracking the human changes in human regulation. Mm -hmm. um, because we're mail order and licensed in all those states, we have to keep track of all the states um, and mm -hmm. as well as the federal level. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So what are there? So you talk about species, and you said like tracking species is important. Now, are there what niches are there? In vet in vet pharmacy, like, are there any? Is it always just a general vet pharmacy, and they do everything, or are there real niches in the space? There, uh, there definitely are niches. Um, you know, the the biggest species groups um, that veterinary pharmacy becomes important uh, would be small animal like cat and dog. Um, there's also equine horses are big in mm -hmm. um, in the veterinary pharmacy realm. Um, and then the other one would be livestock, like cattle or, or mm. pigs or that type of thing. So there's definitely f different pharmacies that focus on um, different species. Yeah. Um, there's more the small animal pharmacies um, versus the equine pharmacies mm. versus the livestock. Um, but there's some pharmacies that do it all. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and at Heartland Veterinary Supply and Pharmacy, where I'm at, that's we do, we do all of them, mm. um, focus on all of them probably. The biggest area is small animal, but uh, but we definitely cover all the species. Yeah. Um, another another niche in, in veterinary pharmacy is compounding. Um, okay. Compounding is really big in the veterinary world. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of a lot of medications. I mean, there's some that are vet labeled, mm -hmm. um, but a lot of them are human labeled medications that are just used in animals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of times it's hard to get the correct dose um, mm -hmm. for an animal, so that's where compounding becomes very important. Um, palatability of the medication is, is important as well. It's hard to get animals to take a take oh, a, just a tablet or something. Um, so it's common for for pharmacists to to put those in like a chewable form or yeah, yeah. or a solution or something like that. Um, I never really thought about that actually. That's a really good point. Like as to um, you know adherence. I'm sure you know it's a whole another dynamic of adherence that you have to consider when it's you know yeah definitely animal, so yep. it's interesting. Um, there's also, uh, there are research and academic positions um, just, just around the country. Um, some big, I don't, I don't know a lot about it, so I won't talk that much about it, but um, quite a few veterinary hospitals have um, pharmacists on staff, yeah. and, uh, and they, they kind of provide some education for the veterinarians and yeah, that type yeah. of thing, the veterinary school. Now, is, a, is it common in the space that the uh, in terms of providing education for the for the for the patients and their and their um, and their pets, who is who does that usually fall on? Like, is it the the vet pharmacist that's providing a lot of the counseling and, and what to know about the medications and how it applies to their to their pet, or is it usually the vet um, uh, the doc the um, veterinarian that is taking care of those sort of counseling and education about the medications for the pet? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I think the veterinarians typically. Do provide some of that definitely, mm -hmm. um, but as a as a pharmacy, we are responsible for that, mm -hmm. um, just because we're following the same regulations as any other pharmacy. Mm -hmm. um, so our pharmacists at Heartland are are responsible for providing counseling, just like you would a human. Yeah, yeah. Human. And what's what's the training like that? You know, like how does how does a 
and, and uh, this was kind of some of the, one of the questions I want to ask, I guess, a little bit later, but I guess now's a good time. Like, how does a, a, someone that wants to be educated in the space get that information to know how to, how to counsel a, you know, someone's medication for their Rottweiler? Mm. You know, like, yeah. how does that? Yeah, and there is, uh, I mean, <clears throat> as far as working in a veterinary pharmacy, there is no formal um, education in vet pharmacy required mm -hmm. at this point. Um, I don't know if that'll change eventually or not. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the training that that I received was just on the job. Um, there's less drugs that you're dealing with than on the human end, but mm -hmm. there's definitely a lot. Um, there's a, you know, this was back in 2008. Um, since then, I've learned of some good resources for training, mm -hmm. um, and there's some really good. There's some good training, like certification program that I know of. Um, there's also some good just re drug resources that we use a lot. Mm -hmm. um, one of those is called the uh, the Plum's Veterinary Drug Handbook. Okay. Um, it's written by a pharmacist um, named Donald Plum, and uh, it's a very comprehensive, excellent resource for um, for vet pharmacy. Mm -hmm. um, another one that we use some is uh, called v VPR Cloud. Um, it's an online. Um, Plums is online as well. Um, subscription VPR Cloud is written by a veterinarian, um, and that one is really good as well. Um, um, veterinary pharmacy too, and this is probably a lot of your listeners will fall into this role. But um, people that are in the community pharmacy, um, it might not be vet specific pharmacy, but they're probably going to run into some animal prescriptions, um, yeah. pet med prescriptions. Yeah, so. I have plenty of times. Yeah, definitely. And they ask me a question, I'm like, I have no idea, ma'am. Yeah. You're going to have to talk to your vet about that. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, so some of these resources uh, may, may really be helpful for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you have more resources that you wanted to add in there? Uh, yes, there okay. is a, uh, <clears throat> there's a certification program. Um, I haven't personally done it yet, uh, but there's an online certification program in veterinary pharmacy. Um, very comprehensive, very well done. Um, it's actually written by um, by somebody I know, a Dr. Elaine Blythe, um, but it's ran through the University of Florida. It's called Veterinary Pharmacy for Practicing Pharmacists, uh, but it's a very broad overview of uh, mm -hmm. just what you'll run into. Yeah, cool. So I'll definitely link all those, um, you know, for anyone listening that's potentially driving, please don't try to search this. Uh, while you're driving, uh, I will put all the links in the show notes for you to review um, and have access to if you want to reference anything that he's uh, that he's he just mentioned in terms of resources. So um, let's all right, let's talk about uh, some comparisons. So you said like in terms of you know working in community pharmacy versus working um, for a vet pharmacy. Um, we talked about the need for like a a you have to document species is big, <laughs> like in terms of processing a prescription. So how many, in terms of differences from, you know, medications, you know, we have, you know, hundreds and thousands, I think it's like 300,000 medications available like in the FDA database or something, something ridiculous. So I don't know if that's like by NDC or whatever, or titles, but how many vet medicines would you say like exist right now that are specifically for animals? Uh, you know, I, um, I, you know, I can, speak specifically about how many medications that we handle and we deal with. Um, I don't know if there's a lot of medications that are veterinarians are dealing with themselves more, but mm -hmm. as far as what we deal with, we're probably talking about 300 different medications, yeah. 300 to 500. Significant. Um, there are quite a few crossover medications which are human labeled that are used in animals, mm -hmm. um, and obviously we dispense those as well. Yeah, yeah, cool. 
What about SIGs? I feel like SIGs are different in the vet world. Yes. Yeah? Yes, so how is, how is that like, why is there, well, first of all, why is there a difference? Like whose idea was it to make two different SIGs and then how does that, how do you guys deal with that? Like, talk, uh, let's get some background there. First of all, I don't, I'm not sure whose idea that was. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I just kind of ran into it too, but um, you know, I guess when you're mentioning SIGs, it's uh, a lot of the medications in the vet world are preventatives um, and you'll run into that in the community pharmacy as well. But like heartworm preventatives and flea and tick medications. Mm. Um, so a lot of, you're gonna run into a lot of medications that are given once monthly or um, once every three months. Um, so, you know, one thing to mention at this point, expiration date is really important um, because really? at times you'll, you'll, um, you'll dispense a 12 count of a once monthly medication. Mm -hmm. um, that has to be, that expiration date has to go out at mm -hmm. least a year. So it's something to watch for. Um, you know, the biggest, vet specific SIG thing that we run into is instead of QD, mm -hmm. um, it's SID is once daily in the vet world. Okay. Um, almost all veterinarians will write um, SID versus QD. Interesting. Once daily. Yeah. Is there, the resources that you mentioned, does it have those conversions in there? Like, or like what is what? Because I feel like that's going to be a good resource for, for pharmacies to have. Yeah. Because yeah. a lot of pharmacies, I got, I used to get, pre I want to say every day, but I frequently got um, pet prescriptions, and I, I didn't. I always had to, we had to call them and verify what the SIG was because mm -hmm. we didn't know that SIG. So, um, I, like you know, I, I haven't really looked that closely in those yeah. resources. Um, it's pr it probably is in there. Um, yeah. They're they're very comprehensive, so I wouldn't doubt if they were. Um, but yeah, the the SID thing is huge. You're going to see that mm -hmm. all the time on veterinary prescriptions. Um, but yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you, um, I guess, what do you love like kind of the most about, you know, being a, in vet pharmacy versus being in like human pharmacy? Um, you know, to be honest, one big thing is uh, at this time, at this point, we don't have to deal with insurance. Oh, okay. um, it's a cash-based awesome. uh, system. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, there is pet, pet insurance. Um, we come across it once in a while, but it's not electronically, it's not electronic claims. Um, the, the client or the customer um, processes the claim themselves. Mm -hmm. um, they might ask for a little more information, but it's rare that we ever get that request. Mm -hmm. um, another thing that I, you know, I've really enjoyed is, you know, it's mail order. So as far as the interaction with the clients, um, I really enjoy. Uh, it's as far as the interactions, it's with, uh, it's over the phone. Um, so it's phone calls. But um, I really enjoyed the, the. Uh, the passion that these people have for their animals mm -hmm. um, and it's something that uh, it's probably for another another uh, topic or another day but just that animal human bond is yeah, something yeah. really cool um, a lot of these people uh, really will do anything to take care of their animals um, for yeah. the comfort and wellness of their animals you know at times even I don't know if it's right or wrong but um, bypassing their own health to take care of their animals um, and it's uh, it's something pretty cool that uh, that I enjoy mm -hmm. being a part of and being able to see. Yeah, yeah. You know, not not having to deal with insurances. I mean, you know, when we're in, when we're in, in a human pharmacy, a lot of times insurance is a huge deal, and a lot of times people don't want to pay for certain things. And, mm -hmm. and even when they do go to pay for it and they see the sticker price, it's like ridiculous. Yeah. So I mean, how does how does pricing? Um, I guess, w what are the common things that you, you encounter in pricing or the common challenges that happen with pricing and, and, and providing medications to people? 
You know, it's not, uh, <clears throat> you just, we don't encounter it that much uh, because the, the customer's actually going online, they see the price online, gotcha. they're ordering it um, from that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so by the time it comes to the pharmacy, by the time the order comes to the pharmacy for us to fill, um, we just don't have that. It's yeah. all up front, it's all out there. That expectation was already set for them. Yes. So they already know, they're not shocked. Exactly. There's no sticker shock because they already saw that initially. So by the time they call you, they have already know what that's going to be like. So yep. yeah. that's interesting. Yep. Or what about, all right, let's move on to like, what do you hate about it? Like, or not, I don't say what you hate about it, but <laughs> what is the most... What are the challenges? Yeah, what's, let's see, what's the most challenging aspect? Probably the biggest challenge that I, that I would say is probably not that much different than, than a human mail order pharmacy mm-hmm. um, in that we're licensed in 49 states. Um, we have to keep up on regulations in all 49 states. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, a lot of states require, Nebraska, where, I'm, where we are, it only requires an inspection every five years, where a lot of states require it every 18 months to two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, we have to have NABP come in for a VPP inspection to, to satisfy that. So then we have a national inspection program that we have to follow as well. Yeah. Um, and as well, I also have to, as a PIC, I have to be licensed um, personally as a pharmacist in about 15 states in order for um, our pharmacy to be licensed in those states. So that's mm-hmm. just keeping up on the regulatory part is, is a challenge. Um, the other challenge is it's just a, it's a small field. Um, there's not many veterinary specific online mail order pharmacies out mm-hmm. there. Um, so we just don't have the, we don't have an organization. We don't have the resources um, to, 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 sometimes we have to be creative in how we make things work. And um, it's a pretty new field, you know, mm-hmm. pharmacists, Pharmacists only got involved in this in probably like 2005 or the mid 2000s. That's pharmacists crazy. Got That's so with, new. Uh, yeah, so and new. Um, it really took off in about 2010. But there's just uh, it's just not a lot out there. A lot of the regulations are written for um, human pharmacies, mm-hmm. so we got to figure out how to how that works with within the mail order veterinary yeah. pharmacy. Do you think there should be a, a new body regulating that? First of all, is there a body? Isn't there a body regulating veterinary physicians, like a specific body of, yes, of an is. organization? Yeah. Yep. Do you think there's a need for a body for pharmacy, for for vet pharmacy? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't. I don't think so. I. But um, we need to like have regulations inside, though. Yeah, or just uh, yeah, the regulations. I think it's good that it goes under the pharmacy regulations. Um, I think that. Uh, I think there needs to be more clarification in um, the pharmacy regulations on on animal pharmacy mm-hmm. because it's because it is getting bigger and more. Well, because it just it proves for challenges, right? I'm just trying to think about you think about the industry. We have to evolve with how things change. So, you know, if you look on the other side of it, they have a whole full functioning body mm-hmm. of regul of regulating, you know, the the specifics of and governing kind of the practice of veterinary medicine we don't even have regulations on it, like it's like word on it. So I feel like we should, you know, maybe, I wonder if we should, every board should now start having a veterinary representative or something maybe to start like figuring out how we can get those implemented or, or even, I'm trying to advocate for a whole new body of, of governance, but I mean, it just seems like it creates more, Not it seems like not having it creates more challenges. Yeah, it's, it, than can, having be, it. can be interesting. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, interesting fact I believe also is um, pharmacists are the only 
healthcare providers or healthcare practitioners that actually deal with animals and um, humans, or, or one of the only, I guess I should yeah. say. But um, there's just not a lot out there that have to deal with both or, or need to deal with both. That's, that's so. a fun fact. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely. really interesting. So if you're, let's, uh, if you're back in school, so did you, you said that you, um, I forgot, did you say that you've always wanted to go into vet medicine? No, no. I did not. Okay, so, so this was kind of new. It was new. It was an opportunity, you jumped on it. Yes. Yeah. Let's say you went back to school. Like, let's just rewind the time and say you're starting school again, but then you knew your first year, your P1 year, that you wanted to go into vet pharmacy. What would you do, what would you have done differently to try to like help prepare you for that? Uh, you know, it depends on the type or what, what practice setting I would want to go into. Um, if it's the academic um, academic type role at these vet hospitals, mm -hmm. um, it's probably going to be different than if it's more like the community or online pharmacy that, uh, that I'm in now. But um, there's some good organizations that I can give you those as far as um, the, if you're looking at a, the academic side, mm -hmm. um, there's an organization called the Society for Veterinary Pharmacists, um, okay. and it's a it's a body group that of these uh, veterinary pharmacists at these different universities of veterinary medicine. Mm -hmm. um, that'd be a great place to start, I think. Yeah. Um, if it's more, if you're looking at the vet compounding um, realm, there's an organization called the American College of Veterinary Pharmacists um, that also would be a great place to check out. Um, a lot of pharmacy schools have elective courses in veterinary um, mm -hmm. pharmacy, so I would definitely check those out. Yeah. Um, and then uh, again, there's uh, there's actually through the same um, same University of Florida offers a, a really good elective course called um, veterinary pharmacy. It's an online. Um, that's something you could check out. Mm. Um, and then if you can, if there are any veterinary pharmacies in the area, definitely look look for them for his clerkships and that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so Aaron, tell me, what, what was the name of the company again um, that you work for? Uh, we are Heartland Veterinary Supply and Pharmacy. Okay. And uh, we're located in Hastings, Nebraska. Okay. Um, you can find our website at uh, www.hvrx.com, um, or you can also find us at uh, www.heartlandvetsupply.pharmacy. Okay. And I'll, I'll link all that up into the show notes. and. You know, I remember when I was working as a pharmacy, as a pharmacist um, in the community that I had no idea where to lead patients to and what to tell them to do, you know, when they came with really specific prescriptions that we just didn't have. Um, and, uh, you know, so I think this might be a good resource for any uh, practicing, uh, you know, clinicians out there that are looking for an option to provide their patients with. I mean, I think this is, your, your pharmacy is going to be a good, a good one yeah, for them. Yeah, definitely. So. And if, uh, if any of the listeners, you know, have a have a question as far as uh, you know specific prescription or, or um, something like that, feel free to contact me. Mm -hmm. uh, my email is Aaron at hvrx.com. Mm -hmm. um, I'd be happy to try to help them out. That'd be great. So you're gonna, I hope you get a bunch of phone calls now when I just got a vet med in, I don't know what to do with this. They're gonna call you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> or, or, you know, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> um, Aaron, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to do this. We're in a busy lobby, so I apologize anyone for the background noise. Um, but we're kind of doing this off the cuff uh, and, and just wanting to get this content out to you. But Aaron, thank you for taking the time. Thank really you, Richard. It. Thank you. Hey, everyone. First of all, thank you so much uh, for being a listener, for being a subscriber and taking in all the content that we're putting out. 
And, uh, you know, if you haven't subscribed yet, definitely make sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on any of your favorite social media platforms, uh, whether it be Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, we're on all those. And until next time, see you over the counter. Pharmacy.